SEC Media Days continues on, and we had a chance to hear from a few coaches that Arkansas will be facing off again this upcoming season. But a couple of them had really interesting things to say dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. We're going to break it all down here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply hope everybody's having a wonderful tuesday as uh, we are continuing on talking about all things sec media days and we know that arkansas won't be going until tomorrow morning so hopefully tomorrow morning by the time we record this podcast we'll have uh, a lot of the latest up-to-date information on things that sam Pittman said and especially in the big room and we'll probably continue to talk about that as the week goes on but uh, earlier, I guess on Monday, you got to hear from not only the commissioner, Greg Sankey, but you got to hear from, I can't believe I just forgot his name, Brian Kelly of LSU. I kept wanting to say Ed Orgeron. I was like, wait a minute, he's not there anymore. No, you heard from Brian Kelly to start off as all coaches, which was, what a funny thing to do. It's like, all right, here you go, coach. Your first year in the job, you get to go first on media day. So we got to hear from him. We got to hear from Lane Kiffin. We got to hear from Eli Drinkwitz. And so those are three coaches and those are three teams that Arkansas is actually going to be facing off against this year. And ironically enough, uh, those are three teams that uh, Arkansas, I believe, will win against all three of them because two of those games with LSU and Ole Miss being at home, Missouri on the road, I don't expect much out of them. But either way, uh, it was kind of interesting to hear from some of the things that they had to say and particularly about their team and all those things too, which I know that most people don't really care to hear about what Brian Kelly has to say about LSU or Lane Kiffin says about Ole Miss or even Eli Drinkwood says about Missouri because, let's be honest, this is a, the Razorbacks podcast. You want to hear about Razorback things. So I thought it was pretty interesting, though, with Brian Kelly specifically. We'll start with him. He had a comment uh, that was actually a question posed by Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette where they were asking him about Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks, the transfers that were coming in. And I was always kind of curious about that as well, just to know about the type of players that they are and uh, you know, maybe uh, get a little insight into why they transferred or something like that. And Brian Kelly, uh, to his credits, was uh, really candid about it, but also had kind of a, a weird comment mixed in there that we want to break down. So here is Brian Kelly talking about the additions of Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché. Address Fouché and Brooks. Um, they have been outstanding additions to our program. I know um, m many don't like to see that happen within the league, and I'm not crazy about it either. Um, but these are two Louisiana kids that wanted to play at LSU, uh, and they have been great additions. Uh, character, um, you know, I would say that. You know, when we were looking into the transfer portal, we wanted young men that had SEC experience and had ties to the state of Louisiana. And and Brooks and Fouché fit that to the T. 
All right, so you hear Brian Kelly talk about the the those players coming in and how they fit to a T. You know, Louisiana kids. I wanted to play for LSU. Okay, uh, but like starting with his first comment though, of him diving into it and saying, "Oh, well, you know, that they, they, you know, I know people aren't crazy about players transferring within the conference or in the division, and uh, I'm not crazy about it either." Okay, but apparently you're not too been out of shape about it because you accepted those players you went to the portal and you went in and got them so that was kind of a weird thing to say like it's almost like he's trying to say well we don't want anybody transferring out of our program because i don't i'm not a fan of them going to some other team in our conference but you know if, if they come to our team though and they're from the conference then we'll make it work we'll find a way to to make it all work so like i hear that and i'm just like Okay, you kind of contradicted yourself a little bit there. But when it comes to teams talking about players transferring in and out of other teams in the conference, in the league, in the division, or however you want to put it, my whole thought process behind it is, is like I can get why coaches don't want that, and I wouldn't be opposed to a possible rule change where if you transferred within the conference, or I I'll say even if it's like within the division, I mean, I, I would be okay with that. Because if I think if you went to the cross division, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But even if you decide to transfer within the division, you sitting out a year, I, I would not be totally opposed to that. I think that that would be something that would be beneficial to the teams, beneficial to the coaches, and it would be able to keep from any sort of unfair advantage where a player who was inside practices knows how all those things work to then the next year, oh, well, here's what they're going to do. Here's how they do it, all those things too. I'm not in favor of that. I'm not a fan of that either. But I just laugh how these coaches can try to try to put the wool over our eyes and say like, oh, well, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it. But, you know, it, it, they, these kids wanted to come to LSU. They wanted to – they're from Louisiana. They wanted to come to LSU. Well, that's amazing because they didn't get the chance to go to LSU to start with. Apparently LSU didn't want them in the beginning, but now they do, and now they want to come home and play for their home state. It still rubs me the wrong way. I know that this happened months ago when these two tra uh, guys transferred out, but it still rubs me the wrong way. It still just doesn't sit well with me in the fact that you had two prime SEC starters just get up and leave and go back home as if like they entered into the transfer portal and that's when LSU reached out to them. Like, no. I think everyone pretty much saw the writing on that wall that LSU reached out to them prematurely before they even left for the team. And again, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of tampering. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm saying it's an option. But my point is, is that it just seemed like it was way too coincidental for all of that to happen in the way that it did. So I don't understand why Brian Kelly would even say that he has a problem with it because it's obviously benefiting him. But that's just the way it goes. And the thing is, is about with Arkansas and LSU and, and, and the connections that they have, if you're a Razorback fan on the other side of it, you kind of can't be too upset either because you added two transfers from LSU yourself, who, ironically enough, both happen to be on the defensive side of the ball. You added Dwight McLaughlin, who was a, uh, a pretty good starter and a pretty good player for LSU in the secondary. And then you had Landon Jackson who is a big, big athletic player, 6'7", type 240, edge rusher, slash linebacker, slash whatever they need to do, just get to the quarterback type thing. 
you know, they added him to the mix and, you know, he, he's coming off of injuries. People are still hopeful that he can really add something, but he kind of just did a flip-flop swap and you can't really be too bummed out about it. And this is my other thing about with Greg Brooks and uh, also uh, Joe Fouché is that I feel like both players were fine players. Both players were fine SEC players. They, they, were, they started for Arkansas. They had some good plays. But I never viewed them as irreplaceable. In fact, I would even make the argument that it was uh, something that could be, you know, construed where Arkansas may have even improved on where they were. Maybe they even got better uh, from what they were last year in the secondary because of some of the guys that they brought in. So uh, I just thought that was interesting, though, for for Brian Kelly to say, "Ah, well, you know, the, I don't really like it, but you know, it, well, it's just, it's just uh, kids wanted to play for LSU. We like Louisiana kids. Okay, well, cool. That's great. Good luck to you." Um, I don't know, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, like the natural sunlight was coming in and it just got so dark in here. So I'm going to have to do some lighting adjustments here during the break. So I apologize about that. All you can see is just like my white jersey, my white smile. Uh, so I, uh, I'll try to fix that during the break. But either way, uh, hey, listen, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. So create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach out to all of the network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, talking about SEC Media Days and with the lighting a little bit fixed here on the YouTube page as well. Uh, we heard from Brian Kelly, and we talked about transfers and the comments that he had to make about Arkansas, and that was really it. The rest of it was just about his team. But Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss also went yesterday, and there was a question posed to Lane Kiffin about Arkansas and Ole Miss and the rivalry and the craziness that always goes down in those games too and here is a very tan and very tireless lane kiffin discussing that well that was an exciting exciting game and again it just shows you you can't predict year to year week to week you got no idea how games are going to go um because that game was completely different than the game the year before with them in a low scoring game so uh, that's an exciting rivalry uh one that means a lot to fans as well and you know, Coach has done an unbelievable job there, turning around a program that we got there at the same time and, you know, had really struggled. And it wasn't like Arkansas was losing, you know, most of their games close. So to see the turnaround that Coach Pittman did um, is really amazing. Listen, I don't really care for Lane Kiffin and his antics, but the one thing that I always give Lane Kiffin credit is when it comes to respect and other coaches and all of that, uh, at least since he's been at Ole Miss, he's been very complimentary of a lot of coaches, and this time specifically him and Sam Pittman, because it's hard to not to be complimentary about Sam Pittman. You know, like I, I that may be my goal in life. I'm gonna find the one like college football head coach or just coach in general out there that does not like Sam Pittman, 
And I think the only ones that maybe you could find is ones that he's that he, he fired or something like that, because everybody that should be that that should be the twist on it. Highly successful coaches that actually dislike Sam Pittman. I need to find those people because I want to. I'm just curious as to why what happened. So because he's such a likable guy and he's such a respectable coach. But he was but Lane Kiffin was talking about the Ole Miss and Arkansas rivalry. And, you know, he kind of gave a little coy answer and saying, oh, well, you know, that was a great game last year and high scoring game compared to the year before that, which was low scoring game and, and all that stuff. It's one for the fans to get involved. And it started making me think about, you know, we sit here as a Razorback group and constantly talk about the different type of, you know, deals when it comes to whether it's who's the rivalry in football or in baseball or, or, or anything like that. We always are discussing that and trying to figure it out more. But, you know, I've always felt like the more that you look at that Arkansas and Ole Miss game in that series, it's pretty insane. Like, people don't realize how, even though I won't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, a tr it's the rivalry for Arkansas because we know that Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, that's the rivalry for them. And Ole Miss and LSU is also in a rivalry more so than Arkansas and Ole Miss, like to them. And I'd even argue that Arkansas and LSU would be a bitter, bigger rivalry or Arkansas and A&M would be a bigger rivalry than Arkansas and A&M. That's just my opinion. But if you think about the series and those games and like the madness that came along with them, and not just here recently, but you're talking about just look at it in this century. Look at it in the past 20, 21 years or whatever it is. You know, think about the seven overtime game where uh, it was Matt Jones versus Eli Manning. And, and this game was played in Oxford. Arkansas went to seven overtimes, ended up getting the victory where they stopped Ole Miss short on their final two-point conversion, and they ended up winning the game. At that time, it was the longest college football game of all time, and no one had ever seen anything like that, at least at high-level college football, to see a game go into seven overtimes. Like, it just wasn't a thing. It did not exist. But Arkansas and Ole Miss, that's where it started. And, you, you know, you kind of keep going up the list a little bit where Arkansas seemed to have better years then Ole Miss uh, for an extended period of time. And then when Houston Nutt went to Ole Miss and Bobby Petrino was at Arkansas, you kind of had this, this rift, this extra motivation to really win that game. And Arkansas went two and two in that point, uh, which Houston Nutt really went downhill once he lost all of Ed Orgeron's players, if you can believe it. Doesn't sound like Houston Nutt at all. But, you know, you had that. And then when Hugh Freeze arrives at Ole Miss and then you have Brett Bielema at Arkansas, then the games continued to get crazy. 2014, you beat them 30, 30 to nothing. Like they were just getting, they got smoked at home. You didn't think about the next year. 2015, the Hunter Henry Heath, which was a wild game as well. You think about 2016, the Santos Ramirez hit on Chad Kelly at the end of the game to win that one in favor. You think about 2017, the only SEC game Arkansas won that year. They were down like 37 to 7. <clears throat> it was like the largest comeback, I think, in Razorback football history where Cole Kelly led the team and got Arkansas the victory there. You think about, uh, you know, in 2018, 2019, I still try to delete those out of my memory because of Chad Morris, but uh, those are games. And then 2020 was a crazy game. Last year was a game, crazy game. So the point is, is that this series has always been able to showcase the madness behind this series. And, and just in the two years of Sam Pittman and Lane Kiffin being at their respective schools, they're one and one. The first game that Arkansas played against them, you you picked off Matt Corral six times. Six interceptions this dude threw. Hudson Clark, the no-fly zone, had three of them. And 
you still barely won the game. So it just kind of shows how crazy it is that you think if you pick off a quarterback six times, you smoke the other team. Didn't happen. Like the game was still in doubt with after five interceptions. Like Ole Miss had a chance to go downfield and win it after throwing five picks until a pick six happened for Grant Morgan uh, and he ended up winning. Or maybe that was after four interceptions. It's hard to keep count. But still, uh, the game was still in doubt, even though you would have so many turnovers. And then last year, we all know uh, just the insane back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Ole Miss got the victory 52-51 over Arkansas, and I still to this day will die on the hill that Arkansas made the right decision going for two. They just didn't execute. It didn't happen. But 100%, 10 out of 10 times, if you're in that situation again, you go for two. And that's why I love Sam Pittman is because he gets it. He's not like Brett Bielma against Alabama in 2014 when you go up 12 to seven because you missed the extra points. Say, yeah, we're going to kick the extra points. That way we're only up six instead of five because what that gets you, an L. So anyways, uh, but that, that's what I love about this series and about these games between these two opponents is that there's a lot of similarities. They're, they're very close. I think that, if I'm not mistaken, Oxford is the closest SEC campus to our, to Fayetteville. Still, even Columbia is still further away up in Missouri. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of familiarity. There's a lot of history. And it's a very underrated, I won't, I won't even call it a rivalry. Like, we need to think of a new word for it because it's not a rivalry in the light and in the same perspective that we see other ones. It's almost like, like a drunk rivalry, you know, like where it's that both teams know each other. Both teams play each other all the time. Both teams don't really like each other but they don't hate each other to the utmost. Like, it's more like, oh, you again. So you, you meet up at the party like, oh, this guy, I forgot about you. All right, we're going to go fight. Like, it needs to have some sort of word besides a rivalry, but uh, it's good to know that Lane Kiffin understands the craziness behind this game and, and behind uh, behind everything that goes on with uh, with Arkansas and Ole Miss. Like, because it is crazy, and I'm – would bet dollars to donuts that's probably going to be crazy once again uh, this upcoming football season. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA and boxing and golf. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I know there's going to be more SEC Media Days coverage coming up uh, throughout the, um, the rest of the week here because uh, we get to hear from, I guess, today. Uh, Nick Saban already went this morning, didn't have anything profound to say, at least dealing with Arkansas. But, you know, Mike Leach is going to be coming up too. So hopefully he has something, something funny to say. But uh, either way, uh, just a few little tidbits here that I wanted to bring up. Uh, that actually all happened. Nothing profound, but still some things uh, that deserve to be brought up. You know, the MLB draft is still going on. And I want to give a shout out to old Jalen Ball's battles getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays. 164th overall pick. Congratulations to him. Also, uh, Evan Taylor got drafted by the Miami Marlins in the ninth round, 262nd overall. But the thing is, is that the very next pick, Chicago Cubs drafted Connor Nolan, the Razorback ace. 
263rd overall pick. Now, I had heard and I had seen that Connor Nolan was looking for a top top 10 round pick. Like if he would have been in, drafted in the top 10 rounds, he would be gone. Well, this is just pushing it right there in the ninth round. So you would think he might be gone. You would think that he might move on, but crazier things have happened. That'll be the thing we have to wait and see, but still uh, that's awesome for him to be drafted there. And then Michael Turner, the catcher for uh, Arkansas, was drafted by Chicago White Sox there in the ninth round as well. So uh, congratulations to all of them being drafted, and we'll see what the decisions that they'll have to all have to make about either going or coming back. Uh, also, this is a funny story. Uh, actually, no, I w- actually, I want to do this first because I want to end on a lighter note because I just, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, we ended on the right way. But uh, I just wanted to give a, a shout out to something that uh, happened uh, just last night, and it was the uh, passing of Cameron Smith. Now, not the golfer, but this is a guy that um, if, if you've been at the U of A and you've been uh, at Razorback basketball games, he was always on Gucci Row in the very front row on the side closer to uh, the student section and uh, just one of the nicest guys in the world who did so much for the community of, of just Northwest Arkansas and all that. I actually became friends with him when uh, I was in the front row of the student section years ago as a student and always going crazy and having some crazy antics. And he sat in front of us and he all, he loved it. He loved the stuff we did. He loved the stuff we said. And he was just one of those guys that was so nice. And every game he would come up and talk to me. You know, just give me a, whether it's a fist bump or, you know, say, how you doing? And, and all that. Uh, and we became friends. And he was so nice enough that he even told me, he's like, hey, man, just let me know if you ever want to sit on Gucci Row with me. We'll get you down here. We'll have some fun. And so uh, just an awesome guy and just a great represent representative of the state of Arkansas. And I was very, truly saddened to see his passing for my side. Battled cancer for a long time, especially stage four cancer, which. Uh, it's just whew, that's just one of those things that I can't imagine how he what he went through. But um, just wanted to uh, give a shout out to him and, and being a great Arkansas, a great Razorback fan. He was there for every game and uh, he will be missed there. That is for sure. But uh, also on a lighter note, because, again, I wanted to end on a lighter note. Uh, I saw that uh, according to Brett McMurphy, that Chad Morris got him a new job. Hey, there we go. Good for Chad Morris. Where's he at? He's the senior offensive analyst. At USF. Okay. Uh, so he's not a coach. He's a senior offensive analyst. But the funniest thing about this is that USF, their coach there now, went 3-18 and 18 in the past two years. Ironically enough, went 2-10 and 10 last year. For some reason, I don't feel like that's going to change this upcoming year. But it's okay. Chad Morris getting back into the swing of things. One day, one day, maybe he'll just realize, you know what? This coaching thing probably isn't for me. Maybe I need to move on with it. So I had to always love to just twist that knife and that wound anytime Chad Morris is brought up. So I had to do that as well. But appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.